Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi everyone, I'm Joanna and this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Jenny is not here this week, so it's little old me and I have brought a guest that I'm very excited to talk to today. Actually, I'm embarrassed because every single time we scheduled her, I somehow got sick. So this is like the fourth time we've tried to bring her. She's been so patient. My guest is Andrea Peterson. Now we've brought forth doctors and artists and other comedians onto this podcast, but we have yet to really bring a true entrepreneur onto Hyphenated, and that is what Andrea is. Andrea is making waves with her company, School of Wales. Um, she is a Caracas native, <laughs> um, but she is living in Miami and, and completely revolutionizing her city with her company. We're going to get deeper into it as we have this conversation. I don't want to give too much away in the intro. So Andrea, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to finally have you here. I'm super happy to be here. And don't worry, <laughs> third, fourth, fifth time's the charm. We're doing it. That's what's important. So thank you for having me. No, thank you. So before we dive deep into your background and where you come from, because I think we're, we have a lot in common. I want you to tell me a little bit about School of Wales, which is ultimately the reason I heard about you and got so interested in bringing you onto the podcast. Tell me a little bit about your company and tell me a little bit about why you decided that this was something that you wanted to make happen. Sure. So School of Wales is a real estate crowdfunding platform, which what that means, it's that it's a website where anybody can go and invest $500 and become part of a real estate fund. So what we do as a real estate fund is that we take the money that's invested by however many people come and however much money we raise and we deploy it, we invest it into commercial real estate projects. So that's the way crowdfunding works mm -hmm. um, and, and that's what we do. The why behind it is I've been living in Miami for almost 20 years um, and I've been lucky to be presented with a lot of opportunities and be part of some businesses here and one of my business partners is a real estate developer and he does some really cool projects that he is very passionate about as a lot of real estate developers are here trying to make the city better trying to do things that are out of the box different good for the community and when I met him I remember thinking who oh, would be really cool to invest in this and and most people get that feeling when he's opened up a hotel or he's opened up whatever 
people go and they're like, this is very cool. Um, and on the flip side, as we became business partners, I noticed that normally those projects that aren't the, you know, 50 story high rises have a hard time getting financing from the banks. They don't check all the pretty boxes. They're a little more complex, uh, whether they be historic buildings or just a little bit of crazier ideas. And kind of through conversation, my background is purely financial. I said, wouldn't it be great if we could let people be part of these projects and be part of what makes initially Miami, hopefully, you know, we'll get big enough to expand elsewhere, but South Florida better and kind of projects that make us feel really proud and make money in the process. So that was 50,000 foot view, how, how the whole idea came about. And I'm assuming that Miami, you chose Miami, or I guess Miami became sort of the center of of your project. I mean, part of it is because you live there, obviously. But I feel like Miami is a perfect city for this. It's a city that's in transition, right? It's a city that is being built out. It's a city that is still finding itself. It's a city that is still developing a lot. It's still trying to figure out its... It, you know, we've talked about it a lot in this podcast. We always say Miami is like a teenager and it's almost an adulthood, but it's still making really big, important changes in finding its identity. So is that something that you feel like passionate about? Like Miami is almost there. Miami is still growing. Like I want to be a part of a part of this. Uh, that That's exactly it. I think Miami is a major, very well-known city. But that really isn't a major city. People associate Miami with Miami Vice or drugs back in the day or people who are from Latin America. It's like, oh, yeah, that's where you go shopping. And there's no <laughs> culture and there's nowhere to eat. And there, and in everything that we've done in Miami, it's with this belief of no, we're better and we have something to show and we have culture and we can be grown up and people will still come and have the Bitcoin conference or come for spring break. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's part of Miami. But there is a city here. There are locals here. There are, are people invested in the city. And there's a lot to offer. There's culture. I think the beautiful thing about Miami, you sit in a room and most people aren't from Miami. Mm-hmm. But that is Miami. That is exactly what Miami is. You can bring a lot of stuff together and make this into what the U.S. is supposed to be. Historically, you know, we, we take in people and we give them opportunity and, and you grow and, and you embrace what it is. And that's, for me, what Miami represents. We're here, we obviously have a lot of market know-how, but there's also ample opportunity because Miami's in this weird transition that mm-hmm. opens up these spaces to to do interesting things. And I, what I find interesting about, about School of Wales as well is, and I'm going to be fully transparent with you, you know, I am the daughter of two economists, okay? So you'd think that someone like me would be like, oh, I know how to invest my money, (laughs) but I absolutely don't. Like I had to, I had to be like schooled by my, and this, I feel like a 1950s housewife saying this, but I had to be schooled by my husband who was like, where, where's your money? And I'm like, oh, I just like have it in my savings account. And he's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So 
you know, we've, I've been trying to figure out ways to invest my money. I, I have it in a, what is it? The S&P 500 or whatever. All these sound like fake names. I'm so sorry. Please find names that are clear about what is happening to your money. Like a lot of little companies in one big little thing you put your money in. Like I'd, I'd, I'd invest in that. I'd invest in something called that. You know, I feel like there's a lot of roadblocks in financial competency. And I've actually done research about this, but like there is a specific type of fear, not only in our generation about investment, about, you know, knowing how to to really manage your money, but there's also a barrier in gender. Um, And it's a phenomenon. And it's, 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 I mean, and because I I was like, I mean, is it just me? And it's not. So there's this sort of uh, appeal to making investing easy because it feels almost like a little, and this is from the outside, a little secret community that knows all these terms and knows all these words and knows all these numbers. Yeah. And, and come and, and come to the guy in the scary suit who won't tell you how it's done, but you're going to pay him lots of money for him to take care of it for you because you can't do it on your own. A hundred percent. So, you know, I told you what School of Wales is and I told you the whole, like what we invest in and why, and there's a purpose behind that. But there's a really big pillar of the brand. And if you look at all our messaging, our social media, all the content we put out, and it's exactly, this is where I get on my soapbox, right? Because Mm -hmm. the same way school doesn't teach us about emotional intelligence and a whole range of things that they should, which I've had to learn very much the hard way as I try to be an adult, we don't get taught about finances Mm -hmm. and personal budgeting, managing your money. It's like... You can't do anything else. You can't sit and meditate if you're worried about money. You can't eat right and buy whole foods or whatever if you don't know how to manage it. You can't, like, that's the base for everything. And for me, this always came very naturally. And you're sitting there going, I feel like a 1950s housewife. No, I can, like, I could never do what you do. My best friend in the world, I think, is one of the smartest people I know. And this is her struggle. Like, she, I will sit with her and I will help her. And it took me a long time for me to realize, oh, this comes easy to me. It, it doesn't come naturally to everybody. Like this, this is something that I'm good at because I just thought that was normal. And then mm-hmm. when I realized when I got to Tufts, which is where you went to as well, and you get into orientation and there's all these tables selling you credit cards and you're 17 or 18 and you can just sign it and they'll give you a credit card. Nobody, nobody's taught you how to use it. I had this like sense of responsibility and knowing what to do, but most people don't. And as I got through adulthood and I realized all the things that I'm bad at, which there's a lot and there's, and my (laughs) best friend's always, she's like, you know, teaching me about all these things. It's a quid pro quo. So it's not like there's a secret and we're better. Trust me. There's other stuff that, you know, we, we need to learn as well. But part of the thing was, listen, let's focus on financial mindfulness, the importance of financial mindfulness, because people tend to not look at the things that they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. And we want to shine a light on it. Like, don't open your laptop and close it and say, oh, I don't want to look at my credit card statement or whatever. Come and learn. And even though School of Wales is about real estate investing, we put out a lot of content that is just centered around financial mindfulness. And mm-hmm. then if you want to come and be a real estate investor, We'll not only, you know, take the money, invest it, ha- do it, do it in a way that makes us feel proud and hopefully makes the investors feel proud, but we'll also teach you. Our investor mm-hmm. updates will tell you what's going on with the money. 
And then it'll tell you about the process of investing it and even the process of like construction and development. The whole idea isn't give me your money and I'll do it and, and I'll just send you a return. It's come and learn as much or as little as you want to learn. Mm-hmm. But it's this whole empowerment idea of putting the information out there because we're all, we all start off on a different stage. But if you start here and I start here, that doesn't mean we can't both move up. I mean, I, I had to start at a very low stage with a lot of things and I try to make my way up as much as I can. And that's what life is all about, right? Yeah, no, and and you've said it, which is we all aren't aware of what we're good at until we are confronted with people that perhaps aren't as good at that thing. Um, and I think one of the things I like the most about what you're doing is and is the accessibility of it. It it feels welcoming, which I think the world of investment and the world of finance just generally has not felt welcoming to someone like me. Um, So it's about like making it accessible because one thing is like putting my money into, you know, the S&P fund, which is the only one I remember and why I keep up bringing it up. What are those called when you put your money in like a a really diversified portfolio? The ETF that That, like track and index. Yes, ETF. That's where I got it. That's where I got my money in (laughs) ETF. this feels like a very tangible way of seeing your money go do something, you know? Like, it isn't just in this abstract concept of a lot of companies in this thing called a portfolio that, like, this guy you hired called Jed is telling you about. Like, this is a tangible thing you're putting your money in, and then you can see what your money did to the skyline or to a neighborhood, which I think is is really interesting and now I want to go do that (laughs) yeah and it's I mean we're not your dad's banker we're not sitting there in a suit and the theory is the the name school of Wales comes from it's a plan words which somebody much more creative than me because I'm not good at everything so I could (laughs) have never created our branding or anything you know it's it's a play on school of fish and a whale is either you know a big-time investor or a high roller in a casino and it's like let's all swim together and become whales because some guy has a million dollars and he can invest in a building well if we all get together we can invest in that same building right and we provide investor tours like you can come a guy who invests a million dollars could come and tour his property we do tours of the properties for the investors who are here and can or we put up videos and we give updates that that whole transparency and and you know it's, you mentioned the gender gap, which is a reality and across a lot of things. I just think it's access and, and mm-hmm. it's here and people can learn about it as much or as little. It doesn't have to be intimidating. It is, but you don't have to look away from it. Like it's there. And if you look at it, it can become much more palatable. Um, and I think it's been very easy to just let somebody behind a closed door do it or not look at it. But at the end of the day, financial wellness is the base for so many other things. It's hypocritical to not give people that tool and then expect them to like be able to meditate. It's not realistic. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Two guys drove to work. 
Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. And you know what else isn't realistic? Taxes. I'm really sorry. Do you know how to do your tax? I mean, that is a financial jigsaw that I just feel is rigged. I think Shakira just didn't know what she was doing. Okay, that, that is my opinion on the Shakira going to jail for tax fraud or tax evasion or whatever it is. I I feel like if I didn't have my, my little accountant up in, in New Jersey, I probably would be going to jail, not because I wanted to evade taxes, but because I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, I hope the IRS is not listening. Um, so we have a lot in common. You grew up in Caracas, and then you went to Tufts University, which is where I went to college. Um, when you were growing up in Caracas, did you know that you you wanted to pursue something in the world of finance, in this world where you're at right now? No. As a matter no? of fact, when I, 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 um, when I went to Tufts, I majored in international relations, and just because I had enough credits, I ended up doing a double major in economics. Mm-hmm. And I always said I was never going to work like a lot of people from Tufts go to New York and go into investment banking. And I was always like, I'm never going to work in banking. And then my first job out of college was in a bank. <laughs> so it was all like life pushed me in, in this direction. And it was very serendipitous. And I was very fortunate because I don't necessarily like a lot of things about finance and about that world. I don't like the intangibility of it. I don't like the speculative portion of it I don't there's a lot of things that I don't like and that I don't the movements in the stock market everybody like tries to explain it and yes there's a certain rationale to it I don't it's it's not what I enjoy so life kind of led me down this path and this things like this is something where yes I realize what my strengths in I don't like working in finances I never pursued it but I can use the strength for something that does make me feel happy, that does make me feel fulfilled, and that I feel that I'm using that strength for something I enjoy and like and can create. So, no, to answer your question in a very long way, I never pursued finance. I, I wasn't – one of my life struggles is awareness. I wasn't aware that this was something where I could mm-hmm. succeed at. I thought I was going to work – in politics. I thought I was going to work in an NGO. I thought I was going to be like off, I don't know, working for the UN or something. Well, but you ultimately brought your interest in the humane in because it seems like what you wanted to do was work if you're talking about NGOs and, and the UN about, you know, making the world better somehow or working with companies that are giving access to things to people. And that's sort of what you're doing within within the financial world is 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 making things accessible for other people. And you were talking a little bit about avoidance, right? Very recently listened to another podcast called Hidden Brain, and they were talking about the science of avoidance and how we as human beings were programmed to avoid what we're afraid of. Like they did this study where they offered 
a bunch of college students free STD testing. So let, let me let me give you all the information. So all of these students are put into a room. They are le uh, sacan sangre. They take the blood out. How, how do you say that in a in an eloquent way in English? They take the blood out. They get their blood drawn. <laughs> they get their yeah, I mean, the second song is a little like grotesque when you translate it. They take their blood out of their body. <laughs> they get their blood drawn. <laughs> it, it just sounds so pretty. They get their blood drawn like that French girl and <laughs> Rose, you know, like like she's like she's drawing it on a stencil for yes. you. Yes. Like... <laughs> um. So they get their blood drawn, right? And then they're put into a room, and then the doctor comes in and says, "Okay, all your guys's blood is drawn. So there's nothing else you have to do." You just have to give me permission to do STD tests on your blood or not. And if you don't want me to do an STD test on your blood, you get to throw your blood out in the sink. So there's no added discomfort to the information being given to them. Now, there's no added hurdle or barrier. Yes, that is not a hurdle. Uh, I think it was something like 30% of people were like, no, I don't want to know. Which is a gargantuan amount of people avoiding information. Avoiding information that, that, by the way, there's no added discomfort, as, as I previously said. Like, it but is information, just... information creates discomfort if, you, if it's something you haven't faced. That's where ignorance is bliss comes from, right? Yeah. So information can create discomfort if you don't transform it into something that can empower you. We're complex creatures and emotions drive a lot of what we do, whether we like it or not. I mean, if you listen to Hidden Brain, they like... A lot of what we do is just automatic and routine and, and we create these shortcuts and we like doing what's comfortable and what makes us feel good. And we don't like feeling challenged and we get taught about, you know, at the other side of challenges, everything that's so rewarding. Yeah, you, I, I still, I still don't want to do it. Yeah. And I, I think, and that's why financial education, again, this is my soapbox and part of, we partnered with the University of Miami and gave some classes there and we're you know, trying to partner with schools and things like that, because finance, if you teach kids, whether this is your thing or not, you can do it the same way you can do a science project. All kids in the class do science projects, not just the yeah. kids who are scientifically inclined. If this is basic, it's given, nobody yeah. tells you you can't walk or you can't do this. It's just a given. But you have to give them, you have to empower people when they're young as much as possible, just so that it's, it's not this unknown and you don't create this avoidance. This, this, it, it creates discomfort. When you don't feel like you can tackle things, it's very uncomfortable. I, I, oh my, my, yeah. I have somebody, one of my mentors, and he's, he calls it like the comfortable slippers theory. When you don't know what you're doing, you're going to slip into your comfortable slippers. You're going to put on those slippers and walk what you're used to walking and what you're used to doing. And if finance isn't it, you're going to avoid it. No matter how much it's screeching at you, no matter if you're successful and have a lot of money, it's like, I don't want to, I'll pay a lot of money to not have to look at it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, if I get, let's say hypothetically, the blood is my finances. Um, my, I don't know if I'd throw it down the sink, but I, cause that's insane, but I'd probably be like, um, yeah, no, like save my blood in your little fridge, in your little medical fridge. And I'll be back like when I'm old and like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's like, no, I, I just don't learn it. Cause that's not the world I'm exposed to. And, you know, I hope that like, as people listen and hear me, they feel a little less embarrassed maybe to admit that like, this is something that is scary and overwhelming. And, um, I used to think that 
my lack of understanding of my finances and, you know, how to maintain a good credit score and all of these things that slowly I've been sort of a los coñazos forced to understand because I don't really have a choice but to understand it. Um, it, it, it happens to more people than you'd like to, than you'd like to believe or like that you even can imagine. Um, and I, I, I love what you're saying because, you know, I know that the mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell. Um, and I know that I know the, all the rivers coming out of the Chesapeake Bay. I know all of this information. And yet when I opened up a credit card, I was like, I don't, so what do you do now? You just spend like, you know, like there was this, there's this almost like a mystical quality to the world of money. And I think it's purposeful. I think people like keeping it mystical. And you know what? The, the, the biggest realization is the longer you avoid it or the longer you sit on it, it's costing you money. Because every day that you don't invest, that you don't put your money to work, you're losing money. Especially, I mean, I, I was saying this a year ago, inflation was at 1%, 2%. That's still on throughout the years, a lot of money. Today, where it's like 8, 9, creeping upwards, your money sitting in your account is making you poorer. You are paying money to not do anything with it. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know, you pay money for a lot of things. Why wouldn't you put a little time and effort, et cetera, for this, which is so critical and can be so good for your well-being? And to your point, the smartest people I know struggle with this whole financial thing. I'm not perfect either, just because there's components of managing money that require balance and a lot of things it requires routine it requires you having your stuff together and you know i have two kids and sometimes life gets complicated there's nothing to be embarrassed about your starting point is your starting point people have different struggles some people struggle with weight some people struggle with whatever they they it is that they're here to learn or, or or confront i think the source of all that is the same thing how we you know portray it what we choose to avoid or not is different but Mm -hmm. you might not be good with money but you're going to look at me and you're going to realize i'm really bad at other things we're the same people we're just we're just displaying it in a different way well you know what i'll tell you this one of the hardest times in my life was my senior year at tufts university and it put a lot of things into perspective for me and it's one of the reasons i ended up going into comedy um my senior year of college um i (laughs) Um, I, I had gone, I I just went through a really difficult bike accident where I was immobilized. My two arms were immobilized for several months. So I was going to uh, physical therapy like three days a week. My boyfriend broke up with me. Of course you were immobilized. Yeah, I was immobilized. He was like, I'm out, you know, for these reasons I'm out. And then I was failing calculus. I could not pass calculus. It was like the, the second or third time I was taking calculus. Did we have to take calculus to graduate? I had to take calculus because I was an idiot who took um, advanced math in high school because uh, I thought I could be good at it. Because you were the daughter of an economist and we're always trying to please our father. Yes, yes. And I took economics instead of history. Like the amount of mistakes I made. Anyways, it doesn't matter. During this time, I wrote a one-act play. I had written a full-length play my uh, junior year, but my, my senior year, I was in like a deep pool of depression. And I wrote a one-act play about my depression, and it ended up being a comedy. 
And um, someone watched it and was like, hey, you should probably go to Second City and, you know, just study comedy for like a semester. And there's you can work there. You can like if you want, you can work and study. I love Second City. And I'm like you went into Tufts thinking you were going to graduate doing what? Uh, I wasn't sure. I knew I wanted to be some form of writer. I didn't know if that meant I wanted to go into journalism or just novel writing or plays or I didn't know. My parents knew it was going to be you know, dialogue driven, probably comedy. I, I wasn't sure. I went through that discovery myself at Tufts. But at Tufts, I, I definitely realized what I was not good at. But at Tufts, I also realized what I was exceptional at, which was making my was making fun of myself. <laughs> you, you mentioned this play that you wrote. I don't know if he's your cousin or he's your brother, Michael Hausman. Michelle is my brother. <laughs> Michelle. Okay. I'm sure you know that he produced Erika de la Vega's. Yeah that she talks about her like in her case it's her mother's depression but like very similar and i loved that like i, I went to watch it last year and i loved it yeah me well michelle Osman, my brother is uh another person that i think is making big waves and big changes in miami he um is the artistic director of the colony theater and and much like you you know he he loves miami he cares deeply about miami and he's trying to make miami a better place by by doing what he's good at and what he's good at has always been theater and you know bringing humane stories on the stage so that's what he's been doing at the colony theater and you know i don't know do you know him i don't know him personally i go to the colony i love what he like i i love what he does i i support oh what he does and, and and that's why i'm not looking for somebody who doesn't like finances to become this like guru i just the basics enough yeah. to live happily the same way you know, your brother maybe just wants to give access to the arts. And that mm -hmm. doesn't mean somebody who's not an artist is going to now go to the colony every day. But together, we yeah. create this balance that is what should be. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Mm. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado Con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles O seas más dulcero Y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados Lego with Ego Two guys drove to work Neither guy wore a seatbelt One guy got a ticket One guy didn't The same two guys drove home One guy wore a seatbelt One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. It's interesting when you say that because I think that was is what ultimately comedy is. Like, comedy is... is bringing information or stories to people in a way that feels fun but could have deep meaning and and lessons in it um so you know what i love about people finding their calling you found your calling my brother found their his calling i found my calling etc is when you find that calling i think there is you're so passionate about it that part of your passion is wanting to share it So instead of keeping it to yourself and just sort of being, you know, in your little box and just doing your thing, there's this 
it's like when you're, when, you know, when you, when you fell in love the first time and all over Facebook, you wanted to tell people that you were in a relationship and you were like, I don't know, I would post pictures and be like, oh my when God, we posted, I love When we posted 27 pictures after we went out for one night. Like, yes, yes. I, that's how I feel about what I love to do now is I want to share it and I want to, I want to teach people about it. And that's, I love that that's what you're doing. And, you know, after we hang up, I, I had already perused their website. I had already read a lot about you, about School of Wales. Um, I have friends that have worked with you that speak very highly of you. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go and try and invest my money in a way that I understand it, <laughs> which is surprising. Isn't it great, though, when you feel passionate about something and then you realize like you kind of find a tribe of people and you you realize you're not alone and it all becomes very validating and you go, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I, you know, your, your brother probably knows like one of our dream projects is to be able to do something with the Olympia theater, which is in downtown Miami. And when you find, when you meet people, even maybe I have a conversation with him and we don't have that many things in common, but if I tell him about the Olympia, he's probably going to, you know, yeah. be and 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 these are the kinds of conversations and things where you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. And to, you said before, I feel stupid, or people feel embarrassed, or people feel this. There's always a connector, and and mm-hmm. I think if you are lucky enough after being immobilized and having a terrible senior year, which is supposed to be your best year of college or whatever, to find what really makes you tick, and then share it, and then you get validated by all these things that show you that you're on the right path I think for me that's everything so yeah I never wanted to work in finance and now I'm here and I'm like okay this is exactly where I was supposed to be all right Andrea we've covered a lot of ground we're learning so much we're we're kind of talking about you know know-how and and investing and financial literacy and all of these things so let's pretend we're on Shark Tank, okay? And I'm going to pitch you my, I'm an entrepreneur now, and I'm going to pitch you my startup idea, okay? So my it. startup idea is, um, so everyone is really good at some things and then really, really bad at others. How about a platform where people exchange their know-how like bartered goods? So for example, I'm really good at making jokes avoiding things, and public speaking. So, you know, I'll trade my goods for someone else to explain finances and taxes to me. Like, you know, I can give an hour-long improv class and someone else comes and, you know, explains what interest rates really mean. <laughs> this, I'm, I'm all for, let's call it the deficiency marketplace. <laughs> I'm all like, and I will like, I'll, I'm I'm all for it. I you've got my check. I'll be I'll take twenty. I'll put in I don't know a million dollars for twenty percent. No, this is literally. <laughs> oh my god! I got excited. I was like, oh my god, that was the easiest million dollars I've ever made in my life. Or the yeah, only. I mean, you're preaching. This is this is literally the premise of my entire relationship with my best friend since we were ten. Like she, we are yin and yang, and it's literally like she like teaches me things that she finds really basic and I teach her things that, and like I always say like if you put us in a blender together we're like one whole person but this <laughs> is this is exactly one of the lessons I've had to learn very much the hard way is to be able to ask for help you have no idea how much people are willing to help you and just give you things and and advise you and whatever that's you know if you don't know where to start a today like there's tons of resources free or not but investing in yourself, and again, this is 
this isn't like, you know, everybody should know geography because, you know, this is a very practical, real life, sets the basis for a lot of things. Like, I have people who are very similar to me who do really well, who make more money than I do. And they just have a lot of stress in their life because they haven't been able to buy their first house. They're like, they don't know how much they can afford. It, it creates a lot of anxiety and that goes mm-hmm. to health, to, to everything. And what does your best friend do? This best friend that you have this yin yang relationship? Actually, she studied nutrition and worked as a nutritionist and was very successful. She worked in a, in a pharmaceutical. But now she's discovered that she really likes like design and graphic design and branding mm-hmm. and, and has been going into that and is wildly successful. She can sell ice to Eskimos and is incredibly charming and everything that I'm not. <laughs> I find you very charming, Andrea. I find you very charming. Thank you. You're charmed by this knowledge of finance. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not. I can guarantee you, Andrea, it's not because of your knowledge of finance that I find you charming. It's despite, I'm kidding. This is the dorkiest thing I've ever said. It's my knowledge of finance that makes me charming. Yeah, nobody's going to find that charming. Okay. It, it, It makes you interesting, but the charm comes separately. All right, good. <laughs> so really, for me, this whole process of creating a School of Wales has had to like get together a whole bunch of stuff I knew nothing about. Marketing, branding, creating a web page. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I've found these like angels. For me, the best, like the most validating thing we did, we started this a really long time ago. We started this in 2018, this project. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And we struggled with like creating the website and this person that she was, in our circle and just spent time in the office for whatever reason we asked her for help and she ended up creating the entire website for us and then she didn't tell us anything but on the day we launched we got it this is sec approved it was the whole thing on the day that we got sec approved and launched she took everything that we paid her to create the website and invested the entire thing on school of wales oh no way and she was one of those people like i I don't understand you guys have to if i'm going to help you create the website and like do the ux and the whole thing I don't get it. You have to explain it to me. So for me, for her to have like bought into that level was like, okay, we're on the right track. You know, my my dad failed to teach me about, you know, uh, personal finance. Sorry, dad. I'm 100% sure he's listening to this episode. This doesn't mean that you're a bad father. It just means that there was just a little bit of a blip and a blind spot in my just general knowledge. You're you're completely forgiven. Um, <laughs> if he's listening to this episode, I'm a fan of your dad. I read oh, really? his work. Oh my God, you are nerdy because there's there's different fans of the house and family. And if, once they tell me who they're a fan of, I know then everything you know. about them. <laughs> Yes, I'm like, okay, you probably studied econ. You probably read a few articles, you know, whatever. Anyway, so my, my dad, you know, one of the one of the things he's taught me that I find really interesting is that know-how is part of economics. What people know and what people bring forth in, in terms of knowledge is is deeply important in every aspect of wealth. So for example, I have know-how, you have know-how, our know-how is different. How do we live in a country or in an environment where that know-how, where those things can come together and coalesce so that I can move forward in society and you can move forward in society? So, you know, what what I'm hearing is this platform is sort of that system of bringing that know-how into a place where people can easily access it. Because one thing is having know-how in your head and the other is accessibility to know-how. And another thing he says is that, okay, great. The internet can be a really great source of know-how, but that's not how you instill know-how in people. 
And this is instilling know-how in people. So dad, here you go. This is your redemption. I just showed the world what you've taught me and everything's fine. <laughs> you've, you've done okay. I'm done. There's different types of people. You've done okay. And the biggest message is, listen, when kids are scared of monsters in the closet, the first thing you do is you turn on the light and open the closet for them. Turn on the light. I mean, as much, and that doesn't mean you're going to like now start doing Excel sheets and that, but turn on the light. It's, it's empowering. It can be viewed as empowering. Investing can feel empowering. It can make you feel good. And if you can invest in something that makes you feel proud and that's cool, like School of Wales, there's my pitch, then even better. So, and, and you can invest, uh, like, a couple hundred dollars like this doesn't have to be like oh i gotta put my whole life savings like this is like right like you, you can invest you can start with five hundred dollars and then we have a you sign up on the web page it takes three minutes and in that flow you can even choose recurring investments for as little as ten dollars a month because like how that compounds and adds up over time is and we have articles that explain it and we try to be informative on our on our social media as well and, and put the content out there. We have a newsletter that you can sign up for. You can reach out to us. We have, you know, I answer a lot of the stuff myself just because I, I, I like this. I like, I, I've honestly found that this is very fulfilling. It, it's, I've gotten so much out of people who have taught me so many things that I still struggle with. And I empathize so much with women who maybe struggled, maybe didn't with finances, maybe they had the potential, but they just weren't given the tools. And then maybe mm -hmm. they were in like unhappy marriages and they just like being financially independent is so empowering. So mm -hmm. I, I, I love it. And I, I really hope that this, this is the great equalizer where we can give these tools to people and help people and help them invest in themselves and their knowledge and just be better. You know, Bill Nye, the science guy who I had the, the pleasure of working with for, for a few years, he has a quote that I think perfectly encapsulates our conversation today. And that quote is, everybody knows something you don't know. And that quote always stuck with me because it shows you that every single person in this world has some type of knowledge and some piece of knowledge that could benefit you. Every single person in this world. And that's what sort of we've been sharing today is you have a bunch of knowledge, you're sharing it, you know, we all try and share knowledge in a different way. Um, and, you know, now, next time I'm in Miami, I have another friend. Um, I really love what you do and I'm very, very excited to see how your project continues to morph, form, and develop and um, people like you are making a difference and using their knowledge in a way that I find remarkable. Thank you. So Andrea, if people want to find you or School of Wales, where can they find you? Our page is schoolofwales.com and our Instagram handle where we put out a lot of content is at Wales Fund. So uh, we, we hope people reach out because we love getting messages and, and, and seeing the impact that this is having on people. And you know what? Because I know there's a lot of, uh, obviously people who follow you at least speak English, but there's a lot of bilingual and Hispanic. We're going to translate our page to Spanish. We've oh, noticed amazing. there's a huge need. Mm -hmm. You talk about the barrier for women, with which there is. There's a, also a huge barrier for, for like the Spanish-speaking Hispanic market. Absolutely. They, they don't have as much access to things that can give them that knowledge. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. 
thank you for the time, the platform. I love what you do. You know, like you said, it's comedy. People dismiss it, but it's so important and it's smart and it's fantastic. So thank you for putting us out there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Andrea. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God. <clears throat> I, I was so good. This is <laughs> Your brain was like, I'm done. I can finally let it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I can turn it on and off. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.